All right, and we are back again with another episode of From College to Combine. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Michael Sicoli, joined here by Riley Millette. How are you doing? You got the microphone, but not the blue shirt. Not the blue shirt. No, no blue shirt. This week with a white yeah. one. Mm-hmm. I remembered to actually pick this up before you hit record, which I almost never do to the point where it became a tradition, but I remembered today. I feel like you always pick it up. But no, I, 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 I don't usually know. start and then you say, oh, we're back, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, while you're doing that intro, my eyes wander. And then I look at the microphone and remember to pick it up. I, I do appreciate the blah, blah, blah part of my intro. But yeah, <laughs> we got a great, no, it's, it's fair enough because we got a great show lined up today that isn't as much blah, blah, blah. Uh, but first, I want to note, thank you, guys. Thank you to our hosts of this show for frequency's sake. Obviously, you're probably watching that right now live. You can subscribe to them on YouTube. That's where you can see our gorgeous faces both now and afterwards if you want to check back in. Uh, And, of course, IDP, guys. That's where I put out a lot of my stuff. It's where I put out a weekly newsletter every single Wednesday, highlighting some of the amazing daily content out there, as well as the video stuff that if you're watching this after, you might be watching this on the IDP, guys. You might be watching on that YouTube. And if so, there are timestamps down below. Hop around as you want because, you know, sometimes you got to cut through Riley's nonsense to get to my amazing analysis. And that's the right way to do it. So definitely check that out. Subscribe to IDP, guys. Check out the website. Great content. But we had a good show lined up, Riley. We have a good one. We're going to talk about trade targets. The guys that you need to win your league, they're not always on your roster. And sometimes they're going to exceed They're going to exceed the value that the public is giving them. So go out and buy them while they're low. They perform while they're high. Maybe you sell later. But that's for another day, Riley. Right now we're just trying to win. But first, we're going to do as we always do. We're going to get into the news of the week. And we have a big one this week, Riley. We have a big one. NFL yeah. suspensions are all the rage. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I expect we're going to get news on that by July 4th. That's when the NFL likes to drop a lot of it. But until then, Alvin Kamara's situation, if anyone remembers from, I think it was the Pro Bowl, he punched a guy, kind of beat the crap out of someone. And now we're starting to hear. We were expecting four games, and now we're hearing that he's going to. He's expecting at least a six-game suspension. Riley, who is the guy to pick up in New Orleans? Because we're guaranteeing that Alvin Kamara is missing four games, right? Can I say no one? Can that be my answer? Yes, yes you can. Okay, then that's my answer. I don't want anyone involved in the Saints, period, if Alvin Kamara is not in the lineup. I don't want a single offensive player if he's not on the field. I think the answer, if there is one, because I agree that it could be nobody, the answer might be off the roster, where the guys that are currently signed, what, it's Mark Ingram, it's Tony Jones, you know, undrafted out of last year, kind of not really plotted his way to a backup role, Dwayne Washington, uh, undrafted uh, Abram Smith out of Baylor, who is as slow as Tyreek Hill is fast. I it's such a garbage group, but they did work out David Johnson last week, who is also on his last legs and is also really slow at this point. But David Johnson probably is the most talented of of that group. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes, Michael. I do agree Um, with that. um, My point is saying that is that if they bring in a free agent, right? If they sign a free agent right after Alvin Kamara, we're going to assume that free agent, as long as it's a prominent one like David Johnson, that guy will jump to the top. So let's say David Johnson's a saint. Let's say Kamara gets that suspension, appeals go through, nothing changes. You have six games of David Johnson as a saint. 
how do you value? Um, much less than I value Devontae Freeman when he was on the Ravens. And that's kind of a similar situation where you have a stop plug old fart running back who's going to have to give you some games. But Devontae um, Freeman entered a, a very friendly uh, rushing offense. And David Johnson, who probably at this point in his career is not as good as Devontae Freeman, even though Freeman was not very good, um, I would sign Devontae Freeman right now. So um, that's, that's my sad and uh, dejected answer. No, and I, I think sad and dejected is the right response to this, right? And it, it's a shame because this Saints offensive line is great. The offense should be better. You know, you add Chris Olave, you bring back Michael Thomas. Adam Troutman into his second year. They add Jarvis Landry. But if the talent is that bad, it's it's really just horrific for everyone involved. And this does hurt James Winston as well. Alvin Kamara is a receiving dynamic talent, and that's a big thing to lose. He might even be the best receiver they have at this point. Um, but you know, I, I think Devonta Freeman is a great comp. He had someone like Freeman washed, but in a good situation had four games over 10 points, four games. And he was the starter for a lot of the year. It's, I think sometimes the answer is nobody. And I think that's kind of the case here, but we can move on for, to a rookie now, right? We were talking about Abram Smith. We talked about Abram Smith before. Now we're going to talk about somebody who's drafted who is, might be, you know, just as, a little bit slower, a little bit tractor pull, but at least he's pulling that tractor because he's freaking jacked. Brian Robinson out of Alabama became Washington's third-round pick, and now we're hearing reports that he's going to be used on the goal line, threatening Antonio Gibson's goal line work. Now, yes, I wholeheartedly believe this, and this is a big deal to Antonio Gibson. I don't think a lot of people realize that because a lot of people have blinders on with somebody like Gibson, but Gibson was sixth in red zone rushes inside the 20, seventh inside the 10, and ninth um, inside the five. And it's those inside the five that are obviously the most valuable touches in fantasy football. He turned those 12 touches, those 12 inside the five, into five rushing touchdowns. He rem- A reminder, he, he had seven on the year. So if Brian Robinson's going to cut into you know, the vast majority of Antonio Gibson's production, that's not good, Riley. That's not good at all. Bad. Bad. And we, we thought this would be the case, like, or at least I did when they first drafted um, Brian Robinson. I said they're bringing in, um, you know, a really big guy. Brian, that's what Brian Robinson did throughout his career at, at Alabama. Um, that's that's going to threaten this part of of um, Antonio Gibson's work. And now that since when J.D. McKissick came back, um, that put to bed um, Antonio Gibson's, you know, story, fable, um receiving work and now his goal line is is, uh, at risk and it really um, puts a damper on his entire outlook like in any format. Yeah. And I I think ultimately we do still expect Antonio Gibson to be productive. We still expect someone as talented as Gibson who should still receive a large amount of work. I'm sure he'll still get goal line carries. The problem here is that it just caps upside, right? Where this offense is not going to all of a sudden become the best offense in the NFL. It's not going to become top five. So Gibson survived last year on a ridiculous workload, you know, a top five rushing workload. And now we just have someone just capping upside. Jaden McKissick's still there. He's still going to cap the receiving upside. Robinson's going to cap the touchdown upside of an offense that isn't already going to be all that productive. 
So I think we're going to see Antonio Gibson's ADP drop and drop as we get closer to the season. And I think eventually come a value. But right now I'm starting to get a little bit worried, a little bit more hands off. But on the brighter side, we're going to stay in Washington, but with Terry McLaurin. My guy got himself paid. Right? We haven't even talked about this. Not even on the side. Obviously not on the show. But Terry McLaurin earned himself a three-year, $72 million extension. It sets him up. He's obviously an older player. He's a, I believe he's 20. 26 or 27 already but he's getting paid now and is still well received to get a payday down the line when this extension's over i'm just happy for terry what 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 are your thoughts about this deal getting done carson wentz was the quarterback for the colts last year and supported a wide receiver 15 season for michael Pittman, right and which is is super easy to forget because of how he performed in in um week 18 um, but as much as we like to rip on Carson Wentz, he had some good games last year and he supported a really strong, um, wide receiver finish from someone I don't think is as talented as Terry McLaurin. So, I mean, I, at the end of the day, this, this is good news and, um, better news for him than it is for fantasy owners. I mean, this, this moves his needle up in my dynasty rankings ever so slightly, but, um, the, the big dark cloud still remains over him. Let, let me bring something up here with Terry McLaurin, right? Because Terry McLaurin is obviously a star. We, he's, he's a great player, always has been ever since he entered the league. He only saw nine red zone targets last year. Nine. You know, I'm going to throw out some other names that saw nine. All right, are you ready? Kenny Gainwell, Marquez Callaway, Brandon Bolden. There's Brandon so Bolden. much. Oh, Brandon Bolden saw the same amount of red zone targets as Terry McLaurin. And reminder, Terry McLaurin played the entire season, or at least most of it, uh, top of my head. So there is still so much of Terry McLaurin's upside that we have not come close to seeing. The touchdowns can still jump much higher. Carson Wentz was good in the red zone last year. He threw 19 touchdowns in the red zone alone at a pretty efficient clip, too, if you look that up. It's – there's – it's such an upgrade, Carson Wentz. Whatever you think of Carson Wentz, he might not be the real-life answer, but Taylor Heineke was garbage, and Carson Wentz is slightly better than garbage. That is a huge – all of a sudden, you're, we're talking recycles and trash, right? One of them is helping, and the other one is just taking up space. Carson Wentz, to clarify – Can you call it recycling taking up space? <laughs> I, I didn't want to clarify that, but – I've said it numerous times this offseason. Carson Wentz became it was a much better quarterback last year than he gets credit for because of how much he fell apart at the end. Washington gets that upgrade. And I think Terry McLaurin is, you know, whether whether Wentz is there next year or not, Terry McLaurin is going to have a fairly good year. I think you, you've brought him up on this show as a potential bust. I, does does just a contract does that change anything for you? No, no, this doesn't. This doesn't change that. At the end, that like I said, at the end of the day, he's still got a pretty significant cloud over his head. Yeah, and honestly, all the extension is going to do is boost the ADP, and I really don't want that to happen because he's already going very high. But onto more happy or just as happy news, in my opinion. In fact, pass happy, Riley. The Vikings. As we all expected, as if you follow me on Twitter, I put out this thread on KJ Osborne last week. The Vikings are expected to be more pass-happy. Reporters are noticing that with Kevin McConnell, the new head coach from the Rams system. And I brought this up last week, so I won't linger too much, but I'll quickly throw out 
This stat again, only four teams lined up in 11 personnel. That's three wide receiver sets less than Minnesota did 47% of the time. The Rams did it 86% of the time. So we're going to, we are going to see a big boost in passing production in Minnesota. How much are you reading into this? The, the thing that stands out to me is that Justin Jefferson has finished as a wide receiver six and four in his two years in the NFL. And the Vikings are only going to be throwing the ball more. So uh, it, he's, he's my hard bet for wide receiver one finish this year. I, as you know, and most people actually don't, I'm currently doing some statting projections and I still have some fine tuning to do, but Kirk Cousins right now, after putting in the stats, after me giving him a big boost in uh, passing attempts than he had the year before, I'm giving him 592 attempts. He's my QB nine right now, which he's been the VQB 12, no lower, no, no higher for the last three years, pretty much. But I, I think he's going to jump inside the top 10 this year. I think that's possible, albeit tough, because obviously he doesn't have the rushing baseline. I think that's well within the realm of outcomes for Kirk Cousins, and he will be going in the double-digit rounds, ninth, eighth round at the total earliest. He, he's a one, he is my favorite target in Superflex formats. Baker Mayfield. I saw you raise the mic there, because I think you know what we're going to talk about here with Baker Mayfield, because – that is, this is, we've been talking about the Baker Mayfield situation forever about, you know, they signed Deshaun Watson, record deal. Baker Mayfield has wants nothing to do with him. Deshaun Watson's situation is now crumbling to likely a year's suspension. Where do you think Baker Mayfield is playing a month from now? I still think he stays in Cleveland. And I know, I know you don't think so. And I know a lot of people don't think so. It's, it's just the, the same situation happens in other teams across the league where guys are unhappy and then they sign their contracts and I don't, Baker probably won't sign a long-term contract, but the Browns need him badly. And I think they'll do what they have to do to keep him in town. Well, what, what do you think that means? Because there's, there's no world he gets an extension. They're committed no. to Sean Watson. They're paying him $20 million this year. So what, could they do Baker Baker did recently come out. He spoke to the press for the first time in a while uh, saying that, you know, I, he doesn't see a way that they reconcile and come back together. And if that, ha- if that happens, the Browns have to make that move. I don't know what that move is. I don't see a world where this gets back together. They signed Jacoby Brissett to be their backup in case Deshaun Watson's suspension came through, which it will. So I think, I think he's gone, man. I really do think that we hear Seattle, we hear Carolina, and I think it's going to be the Panthers. I think the Panthers are going to look at this. They looked at that rookie minicamp, and they're like, ooh, I, I, I like Matt Corral, but David Tepper is an impatient owner. He's the short-term fixed guy. I think they're going to try to do that with Baker Mayfield and ship a late pickout. I would really like that for him, honestly. Good. I, I, I hope he finds what he's looking for. Hey, so do I. Like it, it, nobody remembers this already because we have such short-term memory in the fantasy football and football space, sports space. Even dare I say, Riley Baker set a rookie record for passing touchdowns. <laughs> like he had a great rookie year, and then everything else crumbled. I don't need to go through the Baker Mayfield saga again with the shoulder, the lack of weapons, his own struggles as a passer. But I hope I, I do hope he gets a, a real shot. I think we both agree on that. But. We can get to the heart of the show, 
Riley, the heart, the trade targets, the, the guys that my heart. All right. And all these guys have a small piece of it. Right. And no, I, I don't like trading away my heart. Personally, I like trying to trade for my heart. I like to make it bigger. This analogy is going nowhere, but somebody that is going somewhere, Riley, <laughs> is just Alan Robinson. Somebody I am trying to get in a lot of leagues because he is terrifying. He is absolutely scary because he was so unequivocally bad last year. There's no metric that, uh, based on what he did on the field, the amount of opportunities he had, that support him really bouncing back. He was just so bad. He wasn't open. He wasn't catching balls. He didn't get. Tar- he didn't command targets. He got immediately outshined by Darnell Mooney and never once really flashed what we saw just a year prior. But now he's in Los Angeles. They give him a bag. They give him over $40 million immediately as well. This was a priority for them. They move on from Robert Woods, mainstay of that offense. OBJ, if he ever comes back, because he's currently a free agent, he'll be a December guy coming off that Super Bowl injury. Allen Robinson is going to be the wide receiver to this team. I am not saying I, I do not believe Van Jefferson is going to be that role because they didn't give Van Jefferson $42 million. They gave Allen Robinson that. So are you interested in the number two receiver in Los Angeles? That's yes. that's that's yeah, all you have to scared. ask. See, and that's that's the problem because everyone is too scared. Allen Robinson is going as the wide receiver 32 in redraft, the 42. In Dynasty, that's wide receiver three for a guy, for a system that always produces two top, not always, but it produces two top 15 wide receivers in points per game. We always sat out Robert Woods around the RB10, RB, wide receiver 10 to 16 range. Always finished there for a good two to three years in, in Los Angeles. And would have done it again last year if he didn't you know, get hurt. Cooper Cup obviously is dynamic, but Cooper Cup has had those great seasons with Robert Woods having great seasons. There's so much passing volume to go around in Los Angeles that Allen Robinson will still get his. He will be the number two for this offense. And I'm just in on the wide receiver two for the Rams when it comes at a wide receiver three price. It, it, it feels confusing to me, to be honest, that pe- more people aren't in on this. I am too scared. I'm too scared. I, I, there's such a real and devastating world that what we saw in the Bears is actually Allen Robinson for real, and that the Rams made a terrible signing, and that we'll all laugh at them. It's it's possible. I I mean, listen, the Rams aren't, you know, a they you know we, we've seen how the Rams do money, and we also know yeah. that the Rams at wide receiver have sometimes made some questionable decisions. I'm staring at Tutu Atwell right now um or i'm trying to i might need a magnifying glass but alan robinson will be the wide receiver too i don't think van jefferson will get that role barring a if he does if van jefferson ends up with that role i think we're going to see more than enough warning signs in the preseason to make an informed decision come draft time and then maybe i'll chill but i don't foresee that happening i think alan robinson will revert closer to what we saw in years past as opposed to what we saw last year i really think he was just so mentally checked out in chicago and tanked himself to just get out of there. I think he really just gave up, and now he's reinvigorated. We've seen that with changes uh, seniors as well. But Riley, give me your first trade target. So I'm going to talk about A.J. Dillon. 
AJ Dillon. He's got the big quads. So I, I, I've been, I've been kind of, I've been after him for a while. I used to own him in dynasty. I traded him. I forget what the trade was, but um, what, what we saw out of AJ Dillon, like I, I think he's the real deal. Um, like we mentioned off air before the show started, he got a lot of receiving work, um, a lot more than any of us really remember. Um, he was used in all areas of the field. He was used in the red zone. Um, he was used outside or not between the twenties. Let's see. He would, he had 34 receptions last year and he didn't start getting a regular workload until at least halfway through the year. So we can probably stat that out to a good 50 receptions. I mean, out AJ Aaron Jones is, Receptions are going to go through the roof, but A.J. Dillon is still going to get plenty of his own. And I think he's just too talented for, um, especially given what the Packers have done offensively this year, where we're assuming they're going to heavily rely on the run. And um, since A.J. Aaron Jones, I keep mixing them up. Aaron Jones is going to be used more as a receiver. That's going to leave a lot of the rushing work to Eric. I just did it again. I can't, I can't get them straight. A.J. Dillon is going to get most of the rushing work. Do you know what AJ Dillon's first name is, by the way? No, I don't. Enlighten me. Algiers. No, it's not. Is it really? It's it's, it's Algiers Jamil Dillon. Algiers. Does that does that make yeah, you, you more in or more you out? Don't like him. Does that change your mind on whether or not you like him? That's that's what I was asking you. He's your trade target. Oh yeah, no, it only makes it better for me. You okay. as the top well, Algiers. Well, lover. that's good. That's good because I, I'm not, I'm not an AJ Dillon believer, but I do believe in the fantasy production. Like you said, he took a while to grow into that role. It wasn't until week ten he saw what's it called three games with ten carries prior to week ten. Come week ten, he saw two, four, six. He saw six games, six games from week ten to seventeen where he saw at least ten rushes. He built himself into this offense. Now, despite that. He had the same rushing attempts inside the 20, those red zone attempts, like we had talked about before, those valuable rushing attempts. He had the same as Devin Singletary. He had the same as Josh Jacobs. He had more than both those guys, actually. He had more than Ezekiel Elliott. That's, there's, he can grow. This is a role that the Packers want to give. The Packers want to run the ball. There's no Devontae Adams anymore. Aaron Rodgers is fantastic, but they are not going to ask Aaron Rodgers to be what, he has been. They're going to lean on A.J. Dillon. They're going to lean on Aaron Jones. And with that role in what should be a good offense in a decent schedule as well, I he's going to outperform that draft price. I believe he's going around that RB25 range. Yep, you're, you're drafting him as an RB3. Yep. You're taking him as an RB3. That's his floor for sure. It, it feels like it, right? Yeah. Yep. So I, I, I like it a ton, especially in half PPR leagues, but doesn't matter to me as much. I, I I do like that pick, despite me not being a huge fan of the talent. And I'll I'll stick with running back, Riley. I'm going to bring up Melvin Gordon, a guy that everyone hated this offseason, <laughs> including me, despite having him in a lot of dynasty rosters, and I still do, because we all wanted – if you had Melvin Gordon, you are like, oh, Buffalo, AC, here we go. And only all that happens, he comes to Denver. And can you can you hear me, Riley? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Riley, can you hear me? Yes, okay. can you not hear me? He you? comes back to Denver, and Javante Williams gets crushed. And that's that's how people perceive it. 
if that's true, if people are worried about Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon should be going much, much higher in drafts than the RB36 he's going to redraft, the RB45 in Dynasty. This is somebody who is being left for dead, who will who can put up RB2 numbers. He saw over 200 carries last year. He could returns to the same role in a better offense. He was very productive in the red zone. He had more carries than the aforementioned Ezekiel Elliott. He, he has such a valuable role that costs you nothing. And nobody wants him in Dynasty either. You can easily have him for a second. Like, if you want to send a second for Melvin Gordon, it gets done. And if you're a contender, I think that's a move that pays off come, come December time. What, what are your thoughts on Melvin Gordon? I could repeat the same thing I said about A.J. Dillon. I think he's being drafted on his floor. I think where he finished last year around the RB20 range is his ceiling. But I, I'm all about taking a shot on him with a pick that is not all that valuable. And, and the thing is, as well, is that not only was he good for fantasy last year, especially at cost and how he could be good again at cost, he was good for the Broncos. He played well in really difficult circumstances. He looked just as good as he did then as he did when he was on the Chargers. Hell, I, I think he might have even looked better because I thought he was always just a volume freak, never that great on the Chargers. But the offense opens up with Russell Wilson. You have both a quarterback that can move and can throw the ball. Melvin Gordon was signed before the draft. This wasn't a Daryl Williams signing in June. This is someone they wanted back. They just wanted back for the right cost. And I think Melvin Gordon's going to have a similar role, and that means outperforming RB36. And therefore a valuable trade target. Riley, you're number two. Yes, my number two. I want to talk about Hunter Renfro. He's so good. Such a he good is. football player. He is good. Yeah, I mean, as we've talked about on the show a lot, ever since the Devontae Adams trade, um, a lot of the targets for the guys who are already there is kind of up in the air. Um, I'm most concerned about Darren Waller. I think um, Hunter Renfro more than earned his share with how good he was last year. He's being drafted. Uh, outside the top 30 at wide receiver. And I think what Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro have built up over the last few years, because Hunter Renfro has been there a while. This was his breakout year. But he's been a solid player for them ever since he joined the the team a few years ago. And I I don't think his targets go anywhere. So um, I'm happy to take him with, you know, the same, you know, wide receiver 31 he's going at right now. I'm happy to take him there and I will let him score a bunch of touchdowns. And that's the downside. Like Devontae Adams is going to get a ton of red zone targets and, and that's, you know, what, what he's best with. And that's where uh, Hunter Renfro was so great last year because, you know, we've all seen the absolutely insane highlights on Twitter of him dicing up guys on the goal line, but that's such a valuable part of their offense. And that's why they were almost a playoff team last year. Let me, let me ask you this, Raleigh. How many touchdowns I, – I, in my current stat outs, I still have some more to do, but with Derek Carr on first input, I ha, I'm giving him 31 touchdowns. That's his most since his not really near MVP, but his best season that we all kind of remember where, you know, he led the Raiders to the playoffs and then he got hurt and we saw Connor Cook play in a playoff game. That year, that was the last time he exceeded 30 touchdowns. I have him said for 31. If he throws 31 – Hunter Renfro will not see a ton of regression. His his role is secured. We're seeing Devontae Adams being used out wide in camp, which he's more than capable of. But Adams has also touched the slot. 
Renfro will still get his 64% role in the slot. That will happen. So if he's getting that role in the slot and he's still separating in man coverage situations, which he was one of the best in football at, it's such a good recipe to return on investment. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was losing <laughs> everyone, everyone, if you did not see that, I encourage right you to check out the YouTube version. We had Riley's, Riley's pops pop on in there. Oh, what a good band. I like, did he like the Hunter Renfro pick? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I oh, know. He loves Hunter Renfro. He, he thinks more yeah. about the baseball player, Hunter Renfro, but he, he, he loves Hunter Renfro. Yeah. No, I, I think he has a good opportunity to repeat. Josh McDaniels will throw the ball, will lead an offense that throws the ball more. And when you add Devontae Adams, you need to do that. So I, I think Hunter Renfro will still get his and live up to a wide receiver 31 price. So my last guy riley are you excited for this i'm just i'm just wondering i'm excited to see where you go with this one honestly because i don't i, I, don't, I, am I don't too. Even know if i've heard you talk about him that much and that's why that's why no like it's it's quiet on juju smith schuster right now anybody who doesn't know me check out the youtube there's a signed juju smith schuster jersey to my right i am a steelers fan i've made no secret about that I avoid bias because I hate the team with a passion, as Riley can attest. Oh, yeah, definitely. Juju is a good player. That's what he is. He's not great, but he's a good player. I dare even say very good player. And what he is is a slot guy. Now, you're not going to get wide receiver one finishes with Juju. I think that those days are past. He does not succeed at wide. He does not separate well enough. He's not a great contested catch guy. But he is a good chain mover. He's a good route runner in the slot. He is big enough to take advantage of missteps against or mismatches against smaller cornerbacks that sometimes you see smaller guys in the slot. He's in every opportunity to succeed. He's signed with KC. This is a team that a lot of people forget. This same Chiefs team tried to sign him last year. They wanted him. They went out, they made an offer, and the Juju took a hometown deal to come back with the Steelers. Second time around. Andy Reid goes out and says, I want you. I want Juju. And they they sign him. And now he has to compete with Marquez Valdez-Scanling, who couldn't succeed in fantasy relevance with Aaron Rodgers in MVP form. That couldn't happen. And obviously Travis Kelsey will get his. But there is 150-plus vacated targets by Tyreek Hill. That's Tyreek Hill alone. They also lost Byron Pringle, who was that wide receiver three role. That's another 50 targets. Mahomes is still going to pass the ball a ton because Mahomes is still a very good quarterback that gives the Chiefs the best chance of winning in a competitive division where they're not running out the clock every time. They are going to be in tight, clawed-in games against the Chargers, the Raiders even, and obviously the Broncos. Juju has such a good market share here as, in my opinion, obviously they added Sky Moore, but until I see Sky Moore working more with the first team, which he has not done yet, I'm not going to count him in this equation. I'm not. I'm going to focus on Juju, the veteran guy who is the most proven and the most talented of everyone in that room of wide receivers. And he's going for dirt. He's going for nothing. He is the wide receiver 37 in redraft, the wide receiver 40 in dynasty. I, I, I It doesn't make sense to me because – he is. Do you know his age? Do you, do you know how old he is? I just googled. Is he twenty five? He's twenty five years old. <laughs> he's he's entering his fifth year in the NFL. He's twenty five years old. 
there's so much football left. If you are in Dynasty, I am making a ton of offers for Juju because there's so much tread left on the tire for a talented player in a great circumstance who has the chance to prove himself and then get paid next year. Like, Fragency is scary, but he is so well-positioned for a huge payday. And that value will go up for Juju. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. So you, you chime in, because I, 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 I don't understand the price tag. It seems so low for somebody that could be the leading receiver for the Chiefs outside of Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I, I like taking him at this range. It's it's hangs in my mind that it's been a really long time since we've seen him be good. Um, he spent a lot of this season injured, and when he came back at the end of the year, he obviously wasn't right. The year before that, he wasn't very good, even though uh, we can attribute that to Big Ben not being um, his best self in a lot of ways. But um, I, I'm, I'm all about um, chasing the receiver with the best quarterback talent, and that falls right into his lap as, as easy as it possibly could. And you know, you know what else I like is that as a rookie, seven touchdowns. In the breakout 1,400-yard year as a 21-year-old, might I add, seven touchdowns. Then the injured-slash-Mason-Rudolph garbage year was three touchdowns, didn't play the full year. Came back in 2020 nine touchdowns and then obviously he was hurt this past year 2021 missed most of the season but this is a guy that hovers around the seven to ten touchdown range that's what he does when he's on the field and now you give him patrick mahomes like he's a slot guy yeah but he he's gonna he's gonna get red zone targets riley it's not like travis kelsey has ever been a huge red zone guy it's give him the shovel pass juju's gonna be a wide receiver too this year I, I haven't sat at wide receivers. I'm just saying that blindly. But he is going to get enough volume and enough touchdowns to be a wide receiver two. And he is going as a late wide receiver three. A wide receiver four, even. And in Dynasty, as the wide receiver 40, with five-plus years as of good relevance coming, I, I'm going to make an offer. Riley, you have him in our Dynasty, don't you? In, I do. Uh, I do have Which him. One? Which one do you have him? I've held on to him for a reason. Which one do you have him in? I have him in the Quinnipiac League. I, think. I will offer you. I have nothing in that league, do I? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will talk to you after this uh, about getting Juju because I, I'm a man of my word and I truly believe it. But we'll move on to your third target, our final trade target for the show. Take it away. Russell Gage. So, um, Russell Gage. Yeah. Chris Godwin's oh, going to miss some of the year. We don't know how much. It could be only a couple games, it could be close to half the season. But uh, Russell Gage succeeded in a garbage dumpster fire. Atlanta team succeeded. I use the term relatively for a guy of his talent and in the system that Atlanta was. But, I mean, he's, he's getting such an immense upgrade. Um, playing with Tom Brady, now that Rob Gronkowski's out of the picture, Chris Godwin's going to be out of the picture for a little bit, so it gives time for Russell Gage to stick his foot in the door here a little bit. And it's, it's really an in, in, in intriguing position he's in where he's going even behind Juju Smith-Schuster as like the wide receiver 45 in that range. So that's that's a nothing pick that that you could spend on him. I mean, it's between him or the back end of tight ends who you're going to drop by week three. So I'll, I'll take Russell Gage instead. And I'm I'm trying to trade. It's a tough time to trade for him now. I, I would have wished to trade for him a couple weeks ago because people are starting to you know key in on, on the Chris Godwin injury. But 
uh, he's he's someone I still try to get on the low from from someone who hasn't but didn't doesn't really believe in him because I I think he's talented enough to succeed in a high passing volume offense that I think will uh, maybe pass the ball a little more since this could very well be Tom Brady's last season. Yeah, I don't know how much Tom Brady's arm has. I I I I, I push. He was still I, so I good. Last year. I know. I know, and I'm I'm bringing it up because we talk about you know Tom Brady aired it out last year. Bruce Aarons is now gone, but That's Tom true. Brady is Tom Brady. But the interesting thing is that Tom Brady threw 120 times in the red zone. That was second most, only behind Josh Allen, and that's not going to change that much. They add, they bring back Linda Fournette. They add in Rashad White, but Tom Brady's the guy that you want to have the ball in his hands. Obviously, Gronk is gone. That opens up a lot for Russell Gage. And I expect Godwin to be a real IR candidate. We, they are being – the only news we're getting on Chris Godwin's ACL is there's no timetable. I don't think he's going to be – he's not going to be ready for training camp. I would be shocked. And if he's not ready for training camp, I, he's, he's a lot to make, miss a few games for me. Russell Gage will get that slot work. Mike Evans will be Mike Evans. And that's about it. Now, what is the probability that they pick up the phone, all right, they pick it up, ring, ring, Antonio Brown? We're a little bit short. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. I, I, I just wanted to bring it up. I, there's no – oh, God. I, I wanted to bring it up because I thought that would be a fun exercise. Oh, but realistically, I, I did see this on Twitter. I'm going to bring this up because this is a fun one, right? It's not Antonio Brown. But ring, ring. Mr. Julio Jones, we want you, but we want to move you to move tight end. Jesus. I don't I, think now, isn't that, that a little bit interesting? Because Julio Jones obviously know. lost a lot. He lost a lot, but he's still a free agent. He has not retired. He's probably waiting for a spot. I imagine he got some minimum offer somewhere. He's still Julio Jones. He still would sell seats in the stadium in a way. I'm just saying. I think the Bucs are a real candidate to add someone as they realize that Chris Godwin might not be ready to go come the season. But I, 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 either way, I think Russell Gage is a good price. Would you send – this is the question, right? Because this is a trade segment. So what would you send? Yeah. Would you send – because I think this is a minimum what it would take – a contender second in 2023? Contender second? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd send a contender second for Russell Gage. Because okay. we so still you- don't know – yeah, we. I mean, we still don't know um, – the, the quarterback situation past Tom Brady, there are a lot of question marks. So I think people are, are kind of ready uh, to sell him as a rental uh, to start the season and kind of dust their hands clean and, and get rid of him. But I, I still think there's upside there past um, even the few games that Chris Godwin misses. He's only 26 years old. He turns 27 in January. There's still, listen, if, if it doesn't happen this year, you know, regardless of Chris Godwin's health, it doesn't happen for Russell Gage. It's never going to happen. He's not going to have a Tom Brady anytime soon. He's not going to have another contract, you know, of any note if he doesn't succeed this year. So definitely hope it happens if, if we're going to go out and trade for him. But that is our show. That is from College to Combine here on June 29th, our last show of June. Next week will be July. Any any plans for July 4th, Riley? No. Nope. No. Okay. I forgot I'm that you're very fine. boring. I should have remembered from the t-shirt. Um, but that will be our show. We'll see you everyone next week, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, as always. I also want to obviously give a shout out to both for frequency sake 
and the IDP guys. Check out both of them on Twitter, YouTube, because both of them are putting out some amazing content. Yeah, do that. And obviously check us out on Twitter. You can follow Riley at Riley underscore Millette. And you can follow me at Michael underscore underscore Sicoli. I got two of them because I was a little bit slow. I haven't said that line since we kicked this podcast off. I thought you would miss it, Riley. But I won't miss you until next week, Wednesday, (laughs) 7 p.m. Eastern. I will see everyone. Have a good week. Have a good weekend. Stay healthy. Stay safe.